Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two Oilers Now. We've already had Elliot Freeman on from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort Casino. Uh, coming up in this hour. It is draft day. A reminder that uh, tonight from 5 o'clock until the conclusion of the first round, we'll have first round coverage on Oilers Radio 630. Chad, your home for live coverage of the 2021 NHL draft. Find out who goes first overall. We know Owen Power's going first overall. And who Edmonton ultimately ends up with. Uh, Full coverage. With Reed Wilkins and myself, a cast of thousands will also be back at it tomorrow uh, starting at 10 o'clock. The 2021 NHL Draft brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry, a legacy of excellence on Oilers Radio 630. Uh, in this hour, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. And then we're going to get to a couple Edmonton Oil King prospects um, that both have a shot at uh, being in a situation uh, where they're going to be going in the first round. looks like they're going, both going in the top 15. I think Dylan Gunther, good chance he might go as high as third if Anaheim, uh, I think he might be Anaheim's pick at third. Now, some people think the Ducks are dealing for Jack Eichel. Sebastian Cosa, meanwhile, um, would look terrific at 19 for Edmonton. I'm going to hazard a guess that I believe he's going to end up going in the top 15 of the draft. Second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one and owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. All right. Uh, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree, the province is back up and at them. The River Cree Resort and Casino is back up and at them. Excitement. Bet on it. Still a few Tickets left for Platinum Blonde coming up at the end of July. We're going to be uh, heading up and hooking up with Sportsnet's back Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing back at Century Mile Fridays and Sunday evenings at 6.15 for post time. They're back to full fan access, but you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Hello, Sportsnet's back. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good, Bobby. Lots of action already today, huh? Yeah, uh, well, big uh, big return for Rasmus Bristolainen, and this is, I think this is a little, we've got another NHL team, so we're up to 32 teams now. Uh, pretty significant cost, and I know you wrote a piece the other day uh, talking about the fact, hey, you, you can't have it both ways here. Like, it's kind of funny, right? At the trade deadline, we got a lot of response from people. Why was Ken Holland so passive? Why didn't he do more? And and then we get into uh, the offseason. The Oilers make a move to get Duncan Keith, which received a fair amount of criticism. Uh, Adam Larson uh, elected ultimately, and you wrote an extensive piece spec on, you know, what may have factored in that de- decision for Adam. And uh, and and now you know the Oilers. Elliot Friedman still of the belief that Toronto is not you know not going to be able to sign Zach Hyman. I wonder whether or not the Leafs make one last push, but the Oilers in on Hyman. But the bottom line here is this is the time to improve the team, is it not? You've got some cap space. You got to make some noise, don't you, Spec? Well, listen, the team has to get. Let's let's all think of some things we can agree on here. So we we'll all agree the team has to improve, and we'll all agree on the the positions that it needs to improve at. I think. 
uh, I think we'll all agree that that sure the UFA market is pricey, uh, and we'll all agree that these already Holland has already traded away a lot of draft picks. And I, I would say to you, you prefer to see him not trade away more draft picks. You still need to keep an eye on the future. So I guess when I when I see it. You know, they pick up Duncan Keith. Well, with Larson gone, the Keith pickup's looking awfully good. Um, I would say to you, if you need a second pair left defenseman, right defenseman. On, on a two-year deal. Oh, sorry, left. Okay, you're referring to Keith. Okay, right. I'm talking to Keith. If you don't get Keith in that deal, where are you going to get him? You know, if you don't sign Hyman now, okay, so Hyman's going to be a lot of term. Not that expensive, but a lot of term. If you don't take Hyman as a UFA and pay UFA prices, where is he coming from? Where are you getting Connor McDavid's left winger? So, you know, it is easy to complain and to say that, oh, this price was too high. Oh, I should have got that guy. And, you know, every guy doesn't want to come to Edmonton. Every guy is not available to you. And you got to fill these positions and you got to get these players from somewhere. So, you know, it's you got to shop. You got to make your team better. And if you're going to make your team better, it costs assets. Mark, I, when I sit there and look at teams that have been, especially you and me have had this conversation for years about how games are managed come playoff time. But the one thing that happens is skill gets mitigated against, right? They put away the whistles, yep. and, and you got to have depth, and you've and you got to have experience, you got to have goaltending. And I think the Oilers are attempting to add more depth and more experience to the team. I don't know if they can change out the goaltending because of what Ken Holland inherited when he got here. And the reality of the situation in goal, they, you know, though the Oilers haven't officially announced Smith, they've pretty much officially announced Smith. He's getting the two-year extension. they got another year left in Koskinen. The reality is it's a very thin goaltending market. If they don't have another goaltender, they're going to have to come back with this, this pairing. That, that's just the way and the reality of the situation. So maybe they can't upgrade the goaltending yet. Conversely... They can add more experience and more depth to both their forward group and their defense. I think you would agree on that. Is that a fair assessment? Mm-hmm. So sure. what what type of replacement makes sense for you, given that Larson, uh, his prerogative, ultimately elected to decide to play in Seattle and get a fresh start, understandable, given the personal tragedy the Larson family suffered here, Um what what type of guy makes the most – like, should they revisit and, and bring Tyson Berry back now? Uh, is that, is that going to set off a chain reaction where they – you know, does that make Ethan Bear a guy that ends up in play? Because you know Bouchard's going to be here. What would yeah. you do if you were GM for a day? Well, I mean, I think the end result has to be that you do need to replace some of what Larson gave you, a lot of what Larson gave you. He was their most defensive-minded guy. He was the guy that played when you're leading 3-2 with a – 40 seconds to play. He killed your penalties. He was your top penalty-killing defenseman, I believe, in minutes. Might have been Nurse, I'm not sure, but either way, he's right there. So, so sure, you can go get Tyson Berry if you think that works for your team. But that does not alleviate the loss that you suffered in losing Larson. So if you go get, let's just say for fun, you get Tyson Berry and you can get him on a three- or four-year term and it's not a huge contract, you can do that. That's not a bad pickup. But now you have to get out there and find some defensive, a stout defensive defenseman somewhere. It might cost you Ethan Bear. Uh, he may have to play on the left side, whoever this player is. But, you know, I'm not sure that works. Uh, I guess what I'm saying to you, Bob, is Larson isn't just a defenseman. He's a, he was your hardest to play against defenseman on a team where being hard to play against lacks. 
right? That's a he was an important player that made Edmonton hard to play against. They got to get some more of that. And just signing Tyson Berry, although he'll put some points on the board and run your power play, it doesn't make you harder to play against Bob. So some individuals might say, well, wouldn't a simpler move just instead of doing Berry, what about bringing in Hamannick? Or, you know, some people have, you know, what about David Savard? Now, Spec, I got to tell you, David Savard had a tough year uh, between Columbus and, and uh, Tampa Bay. He was a significant minus with both teams. I'm not sure he's still, a, he's 30, turning 31. Good pro. Uh, probably going to get a three- or four-year term. Elliot just said likely to maybe even replace Shea Weber in Montreal. But what about a Hamannick? CC? Yeah. Uh, you know? Someone like someone like. I mean, Hamannick is, is older and has had a lot of injuries. That would scare me off a little. But he also comes at a much lesser price point. Right. So, you know, if you could, if let's say for fun, you bring him Hamannick and you give him, you know, you play him ahead of Bouchard off the start of the year. Uh, if you get lucky and Bouchard progresses, you know, maybe by two-thirds way through the year, Bouchard's playing ahead of Hamannick. Hamannick, to me, is a third-pairing defenseman, Bob. Yeah. If you can bring him here and play him as a third-pairing defenseman and kill your penalties, I'm not completely against that. He's going to sign for, you know, he's, gonna, he's a 1.7 player or something like that, one and a half. Um, but, you know, if, if Bouchard does not come along as expected and you have to you know, go down the stretch with Hamannick as your as your number two pairing defenseman, and he's killing penalties or stuff. History tells us he's probably going to get hurt, and he's not good enough to do that role. So it's a gamble. You know, it's a gamble. But look, look at uh, one of your choices was a right shot D was was Rustalainen. Rustalainen. Yeah. And look, the price you paid for a guy who's got one year left and then he's a UFA. How much pressure is there on Philly? to sign that guy as a UFA. I don't like their bargaining position very much, Bob, next summer. It's going to cost them, uh, and they just added Ryan Ellis on the right side, too, Spec. Yeah, so they got two good defensemen, and they paid big price. Yes, right? for both big guys. Price. They Abs- did. Uh, and, and by the way, it's interesting with Cody Cece. He goes minus 27, minus 22's final two years in Ottawa. Sort of a, you know, lockout, or not the lockout, but the pandemic year of nineteen twenty. You know, very pedestrian numbers with Toronto, marginal plus. He was pretty good in Pittsburgh this past year. Okay. And there were people that thought CC always had a higher ceiling than he showed. I mean, he doesn't play with a lot of bite. To me, Hamannick's a, a more difficult guy to play against. Um, I know we've mentioned Hawk and Pop. I talked to someone last night that thinks that there could be as many as 12 to 15 teams in on Hawkenpaw, which is, right. you know, there's a guy that uh, the analytics would suggest was not very good in Carolina. but An effective, fairly inexpensive defenseman, though. As a 6'5", 220-pound rangy right shot guy. Mark, I got a guy, a, a pipe dream guy for you, okay? Okay. And you and me had a little bit of a disagreement over, you know, what you'd be prepared to, and, and so I want to have that conversation. Colton Pareko. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm Doug Armstrong, given what he's already moved out of uh, St. Louis, Colt Pareko's going in on his last year of a deal. He's represented by Jerry Johansson here in Edmonton. Okay, he's making five point five million this year. He's twenty eight years of age. He is an elite shutdown defenseman that was paired with Bo Meester that won a team of Stanley Cup. They got Falk on the right side, who t- I've never been a big Justin Falk guy, right? He's got some offensive ability, and they got Krug on the left side. Neither of those guys are overly big players. They got a guy like Scandella that's got a little bit of size. Yep. Colton Pareko is a uh, a pending UFA. Now, my guess here is uh, is you're going to see 
St. Louis shellout for Colton Pareko. How much would you be willing to give up in a trade if some if somehow he shook loose during the course of the season as a pending UFA? Well, he's a pending UFA, so this is like the Ristolainen trade. You're going to have to give up a lot, and then you better be darn sure you can sign the player or you're going to look very foolish, right? Yeah. Uh, nothing worse than giving up huge assets for a player who walks after a year. Now, if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're signing Colton Preco, I think you have a pretty good idea you'll be able to come to terms with the player. He's from here. Yep. You know, so that's an advantage that Edmonton would have. Um, assuming he wants to come back here, I don't, you know, I've never asked him that question. Uh, I would give up significant assets to get that player if I'm Edmonton because, in my opinion, uh, I mean, he's in his prime. You know, it, it, let's, let's go on the assumption, Bob, you think you're going to sign him. So you're getting him for this year and then five or six more. Yeah. Right. You're getting a big six foot six defenseman in his prime, uh, who's won a Stanley Cup, who's from here, who you're going to have for six or seven years. I'd give up a substantial amount for that player, Bob. Would you trade Bouchard? Would you trade Bouchard for him? Before this phone call is over, I would trade Bouchard for him. And I would not. Yeah, okay. I would I, trade Bouchard for him. I, I would trade. I would trade more the, than Bouchard for him, Bob. In my opinion. I, I would trade. I would trade this year's first rounder. And Bouchard? No. I would not trade Bouchard for <laughs> Bouchard's 21 spec. Pareko's 28. I love Colton. You love Colton. He's a great guy. He does your golf tournament every year. I don't care what it, he is a great guy, but that doesn't matter. But he, and I think, I think you could get, and, and I think it's a pipe dream because Doug Armstrong's lost. You know, Jay Bomeister had the hard incident. Uh, you know, he was under contract to play last season and, and he, yeah. he lost him. Then he couldn't get Petrangelo done. I don't actually understand, and I know Army's won a cup, and he's heading up team camp, but I'm a little bit perplexed as to what he did with uh, with both Falk and with Krug. I can't see him moving Pareko, but... Well, he knew he was going to lose Petrangelo, right? So yeah. he had to sell some guys up. He knew he wasn't going to be able to afford Petrangelo. And then he traded Edmondson to Montreal, and that's a deal I'd, I'd never... He traded Edmondson to Carolina. Spat. Sorry, to Carolina. For, right. for Falk. Yeah. For Falk. Yeah, I, I like Edmondson. I always liked Edmondson. He wasn't that expensive. But anyway, uh, there was a, a financial reshuffling. Remember, Bob, St. Louis is not a large market team, right? They're, they're not a spendy club. Uh, and it's taken them a long time. They finally won a cup. Good for them. I was happy to see it. But, you know, finances matter there, right? Their finances matter there. And that would be the only reason why for some reason they would decide to move on on Pareko, who they drafted, developed, and has turned into a hell of a player for him. If I'm the running a team that has Colton Pareko on it, I don't let him go. I never, I don't let him go. Yeah. And, and again, it might be a pipe dream. Uh, Manson has a no movement clause. He's had shoulder and concussion issues. He might be, in terms of price point and fit, the closest aligned guy. To a Larson type, he plays with a bite, uh, a bit of bite. In oh his yeah, game. he's a good player. And Anaheim, sure. Anaheim might be the in, in the situation where he might be the type of guy that becomes available. But you got to know where his shoulders at. Like that's you do, and, you know, and, he's missed some games the last two years. Oh, for sure. And he would be sought after, assuming he's healthy and he's going to give you a few years. Uh, there'd be a lot of dogs in that fight to try to get that player. He's a very good physical defenseman that every a lot of teams would want Bob for sure. Mark, any hesitation if the Oilers ultimately get Hyman consummated either via trade 
which, I mean, we're hearing the Leafs want like a second or third rounder for Edmonton to, to right? Uh, and maybe it's just a byproduct. The Oilers just wait until free agency opens. Elliot seems to think Toronto's out. I would say Toronto's not out until they're out. And Yep. But yeah, you, any hesitation with Hyman for you? Uh, no, I would say this to you. I would, I would, you know, I think as a general manager, you need, you'll need, you'll know if you have the player or you don't have the player. So I'm not giving up much for the eighth year. That eighth year, as opposed to letting him get to July 28th and signing him to a seven-year deal, it's a matter of about $500,000 AV is my understanding. So I would rather pay the extra AAV and keep my second round pick, even though the orders are shy on those. I wouldn't give up a lot for this player. If the Leafs are trading them to you, it's because they can't sign them. So the Leafs have zero leverage here. It's, all they're leveraging is your half a million dollars in AAV. So that's my only caveat here. No, I don't love the length on the term of that contract. Of course not. Who does? Yeah. But I think he is the, I've said this on your show before, Bob, he's the exact type of left winger Connor McDavid needs. He's a proven commodity in that position playing next to Austin Matthews. He can kill penalties for you. He plays down low on the power play. He's very smart. He's an excellent teammate. I've been canvassing people around the Toronto Maple Leafs and out of the Eastern Conference trying to find someone to say something bad about Zach Hyman, and you can't find it. There you go. Spec, uh, let's have some fun. Okay. Well, you're back at it on Tuesday, right? You're joining us Tuesday for an hour? That's it. We'll have a free agency preview at that point. That's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile. Fridays and Sunday evenings. It's post times at 6.15. Full fan access, but you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. When we come back, we'll get into the orders now. Injury report, and I got a ton of texts to get to. 123 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Currently on 630 Ched's website, you have the opportunity to participate in the all-time Elks team, the Edmonton Elks. Of course, 630 Ched, the play-by-play voice of the Elks with Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, uh, Blake Dermott, Brendan Escott. Who else? We got a new member of the uh, play-by-play team this year, do we not, Brendan? We sure do. Former lineman Eddie Steele. Very well-spoken, great insight into the CFL game. And you can vote for the all-time Elks team, and I bring that up because we're going to go to the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, he'd be my vote at safety. Hard-hitting safety, and James H. Brown, the heavy hitters in injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. With our injury update, here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, Yanni Gord expected to miss the start of the season after having shoulder surgery. Uh, The Kraken's expansion pick from Tampa will now need a four-month recovery period. Uh, Teams are reportedly getting more encouraged, I guess, by Jack Eichel's uh, health situation. The former second overall pick is uh, working his way back from a herniated disc in his neck. Cost him the final 33 games of last season. But uh, again, I was looking at it this morning, and it sounds like teams are kind of warming up to the trade idea anyway. All right. Uh, I'm going to get to a text right now. You can always text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. This one comes in. Uh, I don't see a name to the text. God, Bob, I missed the days you were doing total sports. The Oilers were smart hiring you. They took their biggest logical call-it-how-it-is critic and they muzzled you. The texter goes on to say, you say the fans can't have it both ways. My question is, since I don't see the text is, 
are these fans who want it both ways. The same fans are two different groups of fans. This texter adds, I wanted and agreed to not go crazy at the trade deadline, says the texter. I wanted them to make their moves in the offseason. Sure, good signing. Resigning the Nugent Hopkins, great resigning. Bringing in Duncan Keith, good move, wish some salary had been retained. Uh, Mike Smith, agree with and understand the signing. Seven to eight years for Hyman, who is a good player and should help, this texture says would be an exceptionally poor move. This move could sewer the Oilers for years, along with trading away so many draft uh, draft picks. I'm beginning to question Ken Holland. That's the uh, text that we received. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. I would suggest if you had a really uh, acute ear during the days of total sports, I was often sympathetic to the position that uh, Kevin Lowen management was at during the time of the Oilers' um, uh, the EIG, the Edmonton Investors Group. Uh, they had significant financial challenges. The lockout changed things when they got a hard cap. I actually had some uh, a couple players joke with me uh, when we got back to playing in the fall of 05. They are like, hey, Stoff, were you one of those 38 guys that invested in our team? Because <laughs> you were pretty pro-ownership. And I, I said, hey, man, I was. It was about the ba- battle four teams in Alberta, like Edmonton and Calgary, that had to have a hard cap system. Um, in terms of Craig McTavish, I think that certain types of players really succeeded with Mac T. Tended to be bottom six forwards. Sometimes skill guys troubled a bit, but I pre- uh, struggled a bit. I do appreciate uh, the text. I'd appreciate it more if you put your name on it. One thirty in Edmonton. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.